Welcome to Wise and Nice, a true crime podcast with your hosts Danny Armstrong and Kelly Lee. Please remember that we mean no disrespect to anyone mentioned in this episode or across any of the Wise and Nice platforms. We have an interest in true crime and related topics, and whilst we may offer our own personal views on certain items, it is meant to be educational and as light-hearted as possible. The information we present is collated from research gathered from the internet, and we reference and credit our sources wherever possible. If you've liked what you've heard and want to join in with us, follow us on our socials, Instagram, Wives and Knives the Pod, Twitter, at Knives Wives, and Facebook, Wives and Knives Pod. We also have a little website where we post photographs and other information about the cases that we research. And this is wivesandknives.wixsite.com forward slash my site. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Wives and Knives. Yes, hello everybody. Welcome. So we've been a bit patchy over the past... Patchy is a good word. Yeah, yes. patchy over the past um, couple of weeks, month-ish. Um, just because we've been so busy and yeah. um, like you, we do have lives outside of Jupiter. <gasps> no, you can't. You're not allowed. No, we do. Um, <laughs> I've had such a good time over sort of yeah the past few weeks this summer. Um, I went on my honeymoon, which was very belated because I actually got married just over a year ago. But with COVID and everything, we put it off and I went to Santorini and it was bloody beautiful. So nice. If anyone's thinking of going to Santorini, feel free to give me a nudge and I will tell you all uh, that I learnt while I was there. But it was such a fun holiday. Um, we went to an outdoor cinema. We walked up an active volcano. I don't know if active is the right word or dormant, but it's definitely not extinct. <laughs> there was no lava to be seen. This is not extinct. Um, we went to a little island um, just off Santorini that used to be joined to Santorini before an explosion and has now is now a little further away. We went swimming in hot springs. We went to Fira and Ia, which are the places you see on the postcards. And then we went to loads of other little villages as well that are probably less commercialised but still just as beautiful and have their own like charm. We went to an archaeological site which was genuinely fascinating and we went to an archaeological museum twice because I married somebody who really likes history. Um, but yeah, absolutely brilliant, fabulous holiday. The weather was gorgeous, the hotel was gorgeous, everything was great. Then we got home and barely had time to do the washing. And then we were off to Edinburgh for a few days, um, which was a postponed holiday from earlier on in the year because of the train strikes. And that was really good too, but super busy. And there was too much of Edinburgh and too little time. Like, I would like to go back and have a more chilled experience. But I did go to um, Mary King's Close, which is the tunnels underground. Not tunnels, basically. It was um, a road, a close, that existed, and then they decided that they'd just build over the top. Huh? So they like sealed them all off and just built over the top. Because Edinburgh is so hilly, it was cheaper to build on the roofs of these houses than it was to knock them all down and start again to like level it off. 
very interesting. But yeah, they've opened them up and you can go oh, cool. um, through them. That was great. And there was a lot of stuff about the plague and how it affected the people that lived in such close confines in Edinburgh, which was fascinating. And we went to the Surgeon's Museum, which is incredible. And I have a strong stomach. Like, I obviously, with an interest in true crime, I'm not easily phased, but also I can watch pretty gross stuff and it doesn't bother me but even I by the end of that museum was like some of this is a bit great because <laughs> it has got like every single body part you could imagine cut in every which way inside a jar you can see like jars of cancers at different stages oh. um, lungs um, intestines all different bones um, there was a lot of pickled penises oh cool um, there was all different bits of the vagina region um, it was really gruesome but again hugely interesting and there was a huge bit on Birkenhair that was so weird I watched Birkenhair last night uh, there was a lot of stuff there was um, I wouldn't recommend it. a little book made from I've forgotten which one it is but one of their skin oh, in there. oh yes okay fascinating and then the history of the uh, being a surgeon, I was going to say surgeoning, but I don't think that's the history of surgery, basically. But yeah, great museum. It was only like eight pound fifty, and it was fascinating. It's possibly the only museum that I could have spent longer in than my husband because he fucking loves a museum. He is the person that will read every sign in the museum, um, but. I was lagging behind because I found it so um, grossly mesmerising. So I would recommend that. Cool. And then I've been doing some stuff to do with poetry. Um, if you didn't know, I do like to write a poem. And one of them is being used by a men's mental health charity. So I've done a bit of working with them, which has been really cool and very worthwhile. So. What was it busy. like um, being in an actual proper recording studio? Hot, really Because it? it's, it's a small area, so you yeah. get less echoes and stuff. And really thick, like, foamy padded walls. It was very warm, because I was warm when I got there. And I was, like, <laughs> genuinely sticky when I left. Um, but, yeah. So this is, this is better for you, is it? Well, this I, chilled recording From a situation. comfort region, sat on my own sofa, <laughs> it's um, better. But I am ensured that the recording quality will oh, be... no doubt. ...somewhat improved by being yeah. in a proper studio. I, I don't doubt that, yeah. But that is everybody filled in on what I've been up to. Um, we should probably, when we release this episode, put a like skip to this minute if you don't give a shit what they've been up yeah. to. Yeah, I think I've most people on. know that we always have this little ramble at the beginning. So yeah, what, so what have you been doing? I feel like it's been such a long time since we've been together that I actually have no clue. Um, my cat's not a girl; it's a boy. Mm-hmm. As discovered mid-surgery. That there was nothing to remove so that was a bit of a yeah so Mimi my beautiful little female grey kitten is now called Roscoe Storm the stud of Maudsley um yeah but he can't he can't use his bits anymore bless him um I, like work ugh 
Oh, actually, I probably cut this out, but I meant to tell you I've, I'm going to be doing some work for transfusion. Oh. Yeah, so, um, I, well, yeah, I'll just, I got a promotion at work, um, and now they want me to do some more work with a different department, which is good, you know, just think about money. That's, uh, yeah, definitely. Gain some more skills to my bow. Yeah. Um, never worked in transfusion before, so that'll be interesting. Um, that's about it really oh i watched um the new laurie vallow oh i started it last night after episode one it's um, good yeah yeah and i saw as well so sorry that's sins of the mother on, um, netflix. on netflix it's really good um but there is another netflix like drama documentary style thing coming out and it's um I think it's called The Good Nurse and it's about the um like some famous I think it's like insulin killings in America. Right. And it's Eddie Redmayne and Jessica Chastain. So I feel like I've seen the trailer uh, and I'm like, yeah, I'm in. I'll definitely be watching it because there's some really good acting talent there and it's an interesting story. So cool. yeah. if we're gonna do recommendations, there is something that I on Friday night to watch it's a BBC drama called Red Rose and a few people at work have been talking about it yeah same a few people have recommended that to me well I'll, like, I read the uh, blurb and it says it's about like an app that takes over these yeah. teenagers lives and it said like horror and I'm definitely more of like a documentary kind of girl or gritty police drama and this mm. looked like neither so I had such low hopes for it um, but I put it on and I watched all eight hours on Friday night I didn't get to bed till 3am and I've not done that in such a long time oh, okay. but as a story it's completely unbelievable like you need to suspend your yeah. belief it's not it's a completely different thing to your normal BBC gritty drama it was like absurd but I still fucking loved it like I really really enjoyed it okay um it's sad in parts it deals with a lot of like mental health and um things like that it's jumpy and scary in parts which are scary but it's just definitely jumpy um it does have like a few horror elements of like um the, the way you build suspense and stuff like that and, but it was really good and did I say Brist did I say it was set in Bristol because it's set in Bolton it's oh. set in Bolton I do, don't know if I'm imagining what I've said but <clears> it's set in Bolton and um, it's the lady kids that have just done their GCSEs right um, and they're going to college and it's like that summer but really good like okay yeah, a few people have men- uh, mentioned that to me that it's worth a watch, so I might give it a go. Like, episode one, I was like, this is so stupid, but I was also like, this is so stupid, but I need to watch the next episode. And then I was like, yeah, it's a bit stupid, but I need to watch the next episode. <laughs> and then I was on episode six, and I thought it was a six-episode thing, and it finished, and I was like, but there's so many unanswered questions, and it was like, the next episode starts in 15, so I was like, oh, well, I'm here for the long haul now. <laughs> 3am I went up to bed and uh, Gareth was like what have you been doing why are you so late 
so yeah it was really good cool i thoroughly recommend it um but you just need to go into it knowing it's yeah. not like usual gritty it's not gritty you can do that yeah but yeah really good watch it um loved it i really love anything that um has like things about like the dark web and stuff like that I know that always really gets me and the idea that we are so reliant on technology oh yeah it's like even now obviously we've not mentioned it yet but the queen has died yeah um and when I've been watching loads of coverage of it and the rules are going out to meet people they literally have all these phones stuck in their faces yeah and when you notice it you can feel like oh I don't I don't get it yeah. Maybe this is it's like when you go to like say um a concert and you're there watching the concert but there's so many people filming it. Yeah. And I'm like it, this is being filmed anyway. Why do you feel the need to film it? Yeah. Can't you just stand and enjoy it? I do completely understand taking a few photos. Yeah, sure. 100% because the other side to that argument is something that really annoys me and I feel like it's quite an unpopular opinion that I have but it really annoys me and um loads of people will disagree if there's one person that does agree with me please let me know because it'll make me feel more justified but i went to see a artist that i was really excited to see and i won't name them because i think they get enough shit anyway um, and i'm sure they're lovely or whatever but um i went to see them and they were they were amazing but at one point during their set they had a big go at people taking photos and filming and blah blah, blah and they were like um, like just live in the moment and all the things that you said but it was really as if they were saying like look if you're gonna get your phone out I don't want you here and like I wasn't filming it but I took plenty of photos and stuff and I kind of thought like fucking hell people are paying like a huge amount to see you if they want to take like a photo to take a souvenir home like, please don't shit on their experience. And I know that you're the artist. But it just, it made me feel a bit, like, uncomfortable. And, like, you've just pissed on everyone's parade here. Mm. And I, I think it's a bit different if it's, like, him at theatre. I would never take, like, photos and stuff that would distract the performance. Yeah. But when you see him, like, a gig, if you want to take a few photos or whatever, then take a few. Just don't be, like, mega disrespectful. Yeah. But also, I think as an artist, you shouldn't be able to dictate what your audience... Like, it's a two-way thing. And, like, you should also feel privileged that people want to come and see you as well. True. But then, if if you've paid, say, 80 quid, um, and let's say it's seated, and there's somebody in front of you that's holding up um, an iPad throughout the whole fucking thing... That would be my mum. I don't. <laughs> she takes her iPad everywhere. She I don't get like, it. I don't understand why you would want to stand or sit for two hours holding. Yeah, that's if you weird. if you want it for like for you for your use, it will be on somebody will have you know like an actual yeah. official person will have put it somewhere. That's weird. You don't what need I'm thousands of people filming it. A picture. Yeah, a picture's fine. Taking a picture, taking Take like... Take a picture of yourself, you know, like, oh, I've been here and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that kind of thing. I, I just feel like we're all, fine. these days, everyone's like, I must, like, record this for the gram. 
or whatever, you know, like insert other social media platform. But how are you experiencing it? Yes. You know, like, no, everyone's going to know that you went. That's fine. We all believe you that you went. It's fine. And put a few pictures up. Yeah. No worries. But don't film the whole thing from start really to finish. Who's watching it as well? That's what I mean. Who, <laughs> like, who? like what, what's the purpose? Who's re-watching it? I have never been to a gig <clears> and thought I need to film this to watch later. Like, you just watch no, it when you're there. Exactly. And I think that's part of the problem. I think everyone's, like, shoving, like... If I were to go and meet the royals, I really don't think I'd have my phone out. I'd ask no. someone to take a picture, but I know that still I'd more than likely be able to get a picture anyway. I would take a picture of like Buckingham Palace. Yeah. So like, I'd be like, oh my god, I've been to Buckingham Palace. I took a picture outside Buckingham Palace mm. this summer. Um, but I wouldn't shove it in the face of somebody. Yeah, who... exactly. Yeah, like I just wouldn't. Is it better? I think it's better to get a picture of you shaking hands that you can look on and go, like, oh, show your kids or whatever. Um, Like, oh, look, this is when I met such a body. But then, like, to show them a whole, like, shaky video or, you know, like, up someone's nostril. Oh, look, this is Prince Charles, King Charles' nostril. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's weird. Um, There was a guy walking along with. the royals when they were shaking people's hands yesterday and he was like a bodyguard or mm. something he was like put your phones down just enjoy the moment and i was like yeah that's that's so true and it like is. you said the quality of these images they're getting yeah. well we have waffled on for a, quite a long time i feel like we should yeah crack on with the case so the case that i've chosen to talk about this week is from back in 2017 and it's a case that I remember briefly hearing about then and then it hasn't gone away and nor should it, but like it's popped up a few times, there's been documentaries. Um but I never feel like there's a huge amount of information, I just little snippets here. And yeah. There. So I've tried to collate as much information as I can about it. But another reason that I was particularly thinking about it was a comment that myself and my husband made on holiday in Santorini. We were saying how Santorini is very flat. It is very flat. I mean, it it has hills and mountains. I'm talking about the buildings are very mm. flat. There is no, like, huge hotels there. Yeah. And that's what we made the comment on. And then somewhere in my head while sunbathing, I was like, I wonder if they ever found out what happened to that girl that um, fell out of a hotel in Benidorm and then that made me sort of look into it and here we are with the episode. So of course we're talking about Kirsty Maxwell. Kelly, I know you know a little bit about this case, you remember it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, Kirsty Maxwell was 27 and she was married to Adam they were from Scotland, Livingston, which is in West Lothian. And Kirsty was on a Hindu to Benidorm in 2017. She tragically fell from the 10th floor of her hotel to her death, and it has been ruled an accidental slash some ruling say suicide. But many including lots of law enforcement like british law enforcement believe that's not the case so i'll tell you a little about kirsty to start with kirsty maxwell was born kirsty curry 
and was the first child of Brian and Denise, who went on to have Kirsty's younger brother, Ryan. Um, Kirsty was all about having fun. She was like, she loved singing, she loved dancing, she loved making people laugh. She wasn't like a, a serious person. Um, she loved like playing jokes on her friends, like nothing majorly serious or anything, but she was like a always look on the bright side, let's make everything funny kind of lady, which is great. And she was dead clever as well and very successful in, in her job. She worked for Lloyds Bank. As a teenager, she met Adam, who she then went on to marry, and they married in September of 2016. So she hadn't even been married a year when she died. They were planning to start a family and they were just super happy together. So, like I said, it was soon after they got married that Kirsty's best friend got engaged to one of Adam's best friends. So it was like a, a meeting of groups and that's when they organised this Hendy. So, the Hendy was 19 people plus Kirsty, so 20 people. Firstly, who has 19 friends? <laughs> um, I don't. <laughs> However, I have just been added to a um, Hindu group chat. I'm going to oh, a Hindu um, next year. And there's 25 of us in the group. And I was like, wow, that's too many people. Um, but it's it's a Hindu of parts, you know, where there's like a meal, then something else, and then going all out. And I've said I will go to the meal, the other parts, and then get the train home because I am a sensible aged old lady who <laughs> knows what she enjoys. Um, so yeah, there was 19 of them and they were absolutely buzzing to go to Benidorm. Um, I don't know whether Kirsty had, but definitely a few of them had been to Benidorm before. They knew what they were getting themselves into. I've never been to Benidorm, oh, but I have been to like, Benidorm. I have been to like Play the Less Americas in Tenerife, I've been to Malia, um, like I get the vibe and um, I assume Benidorm is just like the TV series Benidorm, please tell me it is. I, I would say that's an, an accurate description of, yeah. Fabulous. So they're all absolutely buzzing together and they're staying at the pretty Palmer or Pretty Pamer, I've seen it written two ways, but I think it is Pretty Palmer Apartments. Um, oh, I think Pamer might be like the Spanish, a Spanish way of saying it or something. Um, because it was also known as Apartmentos Pamer. Okay. But whatever. They called it Pretty Palmer Apartments. That's where they stayed. <laughs> And they arrived quite late on, so they went straight to the rooms to get changed, to head out to the bars. Um, and being a group of 20, naturally they ended up sort of splitting into smaller groups, because 20 is a lot. So, depending yeah. on what they were into, they were like in smaller groups. At approximately 4.55, Kirsty and two of her friends returned to the apartments. Now, there's CCTV of them returning, and um, readily available online but when you look at it they look tipsy they don't look pissed basically they can all um, operate the lift and use their keys and yeah. stuff like that um, but you would assume and as everyone says they'd had quite a fair bit to drink 
So Kirsty's apartment was on the ninth floor, so they went up to there. Um, there was also girls that were staying on the tenth floor, and this was one of those big, like, yeah, very tall hotels. And that's like so predominant in Benidorm, like you were saying, in direct contrast to Santorini. Yeah, when there you are so, so many. So yeah, there are so many high-rise hotels that have multiple floors. Yeah. Um, so Kirsty gets in and she takes off her shoes and gets into bed and we have all done that I did that in Santorini <laughs> like got in, it was so late, I was so tired you think, oh I'll uh, get in, I'll have a shower I'll uh, put my light uh, pyjama set on and you get in, you kick your shoes off, you face plant the yeah, bed totally. that's it, so that, that's what she did at 6.50, um, one of her mates she was sharing the room with got back and she found Kirsty snoring loudly on the bed as a fellow snorer, especially after I've had a drink, I'm with you there. So she thinks this is funny and she takes a little video of Kirsty snoring, planning to show her in the morning and be like, ha, ah, look at you, which, yeah. So... Because she recorded this video, like, we know what time Kirsty was there, we know she was asleep, everything like that. But it is just an hour later, Kirsty will be dead. So, the Hindu girls are woken up by police banking on their apartments, telling them that their friend Kirsty's body has been found next to the hotel pool. It was clear that she must have fallen from one of the balconies above. Can you absolutely imagine the shock and disbelief like you think they must have had something wrong they must have got it wrong um yes absolutely so traumatic and one of the documentaries that i watched on this which was on now tv i believe in bbc scotland have done a documentary as well but the girls speak openly do a lot of interviews and they are so affected by this understandably but it's very sad to watch um them speak about it so no one seemed to know what had happened um they had no explanation and no one came forward and said they'd seen anything it was a huge mystery and the spanish police actually contacted kirsty's husband adam to tell him that his wife was dead and then he had to call Kirsty's mum and he phoned her up and he was just crying down the phone and she mm. had to be like what has happened like I didn't tell me yeah. what's going on and such an awful thing for a mum to have to hear but awful for Adam to have to give that news and um, yeah super sad so the Spanish police started asking the girl if Kirsty took drugs, like instantly it was like, what has she done to get herself in this position? And that was the line of questioning and all the girls say that the police seemed to really want them to say that she took drugs. But the girls insisted that she didn't. She just like not that that would have been like, oh it's fine then, but that just wasn't the case with Kirsty. She didn't do drugs. She'd never done drugs. It was wasn't on their um like agenda and it wasn't something that they ever thought about doing. And eventually when they did do to- toxicology reports, it actually confirmed this as well. But 
initially you can see the treatment from the police was gross like it was, yeah. it was disgusting so Kirsty was three times over the drink driving limit but absolutely no drugs had been taken nothing was found in her system um i don't know what you'd have to drink to be three times over the limit but i know it's not a lot to be over the limit no and i think especially like in benedorm and places like that the measures are are, yeah and the sort of say that you're not necessarily going to be getting top shelf alcohol are you you could be getting really dodgy alcohol yeah like paint and you can get free shots and things like that there is a huge um, drinking culture in places like that which i will touch on a little bit later but it promotes um reckless drinking yeah totally sort of how i'd claim it um so the autopsy was carried out and it confirmed she'd fallen from the 10th floor not her own ninth floor room. In fact, the room that Kirsty must have fallen from was apartment 10A, and no one in Kirsty's group actually occupied that room. The girls that were on the 10th floor were actually on like the other side of the building, so it wasn't anywhere near where any of her friends were staying. The room actually belonged to five men, all from Nottingham, all in their late 20s, early 30s. None of the girls knew these men, nor had they met them that night. So it wasn't like a group they'd bumped into and she recognised or anything like that, complete strangers. So what was Kirsty doing in that room? Um, No one could answer that. And the men said that Kirsty had knocked on their door frantically. And when they opened it, they said it was as if she was really, really drunk. Like they they said she was like paralytic which seems a little at odds with what her friends believed and how she'd seen before but anyway and they claimed that she'd run into their apartment and then gone into the bathroom where she tried to climb out of a small window so really odd behavior however this window was like tiny and it was obvious she couldn't get out of it so then she turned and ran into the living room area of the apartment. The living room area had two big patio doors which opened up and had a waist height like metal safety railing across them. So it's not a balcony that you step through the doors and then there's like a patio area with a railing round. It's the doors then a railing. I think it's called like a Juliet balcony or something but it's the room the railings nothing not the room patio railings so according to the man Kirsty just threw herself over they said she was in the room like 40 seconds maximum and that they thought she was drunk had done drugs was mad they were like she she was she seemed not with it i don't know like the nicest way of putting it um and they said that no one actually saw how she threw herself over the balcony she was just there when she's gonna next five guys in this little apartment and no one actually saw it seems unlikely to me 
Yeah, it does. But if, you know, 40 seconds, it's all a bit of a whirlwind. Yeah. Definitely. Now, unfortunately, if you haven't already guessed by what I've said, like, the police were not hugely interested in getting to the bottom of this. They wanted to close the case as quickly as possible. Like, for them, it would have been easier if she was on drugs because they could have blamed the drugs. That was it, case closed. And this is horrible, but I understand why that area solely relies on tourism. Um, as do a lot of, like, small islands um, and Spain and you know like all those holiday resorts like tourism is their income and bad press is detrimental to businesses and they just want the case to be closed um, and that's that but whilst I understand it it's not okay no. like, at all so the men from the room were taken into questioning and their stories kept changing um, it was quite obvious and it seems like it's not a, not a shock but they were drunk and um, there's a lot of questions over whether they had done a lot of drugs as well but the focus was still on what had Kirsty done definitely so one of the men in particular kept going on about how beautiful Kirsty was how lovely she was and during the investigation like his nose was fucking bleeding as well like he just comes across as a bit suspicious um so he was arrested that guy briefly and then released but none of the men underwent drugs testing despite a bag of white powder found in the room and that white powder was never tested either so it seems so negligent for Kirsty to be tested, but not them. The clothes that Kirsty Maxwell um, was wearing were disposed of by the police and not tested for DNA. There was pictures that showed a rip on them, on the front of her skirt, but the parents um, like almost had to campaign the police to get the clothes back, and then eventually the police go, I know we threw it away. Ridiculous. So back to Kirsty's friends. They had no idea how or why she'd end up in another room. Um, that sort of behaviour was completely alien to what they expected of Kirsty. Um, I think we all have, like, or we've all had friends that when they get drunk, they tend to go walk about. Um, Kelly was raising her hands there. Yeah, um, I'm a wanderer. But that, like, it wasn't Kirsty, and she was asleep. Like, it just none of it made sense to them. There was no CCTV from the 9th or 10th floor, despite the hotel having loads of CCTV cameras. No footage has ever been recovered and the hotels say it's not available. So, you, you, like, we've seen CCTV from yeah. the hotel, so clearly some CCTV was available. Why specifically is it not available from those floors on the night in question? Um, the hotel has been really uncooperative throughout the entire investigation, as have other hotels in the area. Um, it's just, it's so shitty. The Spanish police um, put forward two theories, and this was like, they were like, it's this or it's this. 
they said it's suicide or it's um accidental possibly she was sleepwalking the most ridiculous and um like far-fetched explanations yeah. given the circumstances nobody who knew Kirsty believed that suicide could have been like an option she had no history of mental health and whilst that isn't always an indicator like people can have mental health problems out of the blue she was so bloody happy at that point in her life and there was just absolutely no signs and just the sleepwalking thing she'd never sleepwalked before it wasn't wasn't something that um but why the police said that is yeah ridiculous but you have to think maybe Kirsty had woke up and decided to go upstairs to find her friends on the 10th floor and maybe she knocked on the wrong room she had had a lot of alcohol maybe she was confused like that is sort of a, a semi-plausible reason of yeah why she could have been up there but that doesn't explain how she ended up falling that night Kirsty was wearing a denim skirt and bits of that skirt were found caught in the railings on the balcony the area of the skirt that that was from was the front so as if she'd been facing into the room on the wrong side of the railings it indicated that she had either been holding onto the railings and slipped, fallen or been pushed. But again, there's a huge gap in time. Mm. And yes, she could have woken up. Yes, she could have gone to the 10th floor. And we know at some point she was facing into that room, balancing slash holding onto the railings. Um, but the, what happened in between? No one really knows. The hotel across from Kirsty's was the Presidente, and people from that hotel said that they saw Kirsty hanging from the balcony shouting for help. It was like the rumour that was going on at the time. However, these people that had come forward and said this were just allowed to fly home with no questions from the police or the hotel. It was just word of mouth that people were saying this. And the hotel has since, the Hotel Presidente has since refused to give out the details. Um, and they say it's data protection, so then they're not going to say he was staying there. And these are people that, they could have been Brits, they could have gone back to America, New Zealand, Germany, like... And they've also never come forward. So we don't know how much of it was true, how much of it was hearsay, but if any of it was true, the um, hotels are doing nothing to help. The hotels also can't be forced to give that information without a court order and the Spanish courts just won't do that. They're not interested. So three months after her death, four of the five men from Tenny, I think it's the four that weren't arrested at the time, um, but I couldn't find a decent source that said that. I could only find um, like Reddit posts mm. and stuff that said that. But at least four of the five men um, were brought back to Spain for questioning but nothing came of it and it's still listed as, as an accident there was a um, ruling her parents petitioned it was took to a court in Alicante and they were just like yeah it's still an accident so 
So some people have defended the Spanish police, stating that the number of mostly UK tourists, not always, jumping slash falling off balconies is almost like a ridiculously high phenomenon and the press have coined it as balconying. So I'm I'm gonna sort of go back to that in a little bit, but balcony balconing and um, seems to be like this phenomenon almost and um, that's happened. But anyway, Kirsty's family just want to know what has happened, um what happened to Kirsty and how she ended up in the situation she did. They are working to spread awareness and to encourage witnesses to come forward. Kirsty's family found out that an unknown girl went to the police station after Kirsty's death to say that she thought the men thought Kirsty was her. Like it seems that she had had some communication with the men or had vaguely known them through this holiday and she said I think they could have thought that I was Kirsty, but she has never spoken out publicly and we don't know who this girl is. This is just information that Kirsty's family have found out. So after all the questioning of the men from 10E, they were all cleared and have been allowed to return to England. One of the men in 10E had previously been accused of um, like a violent sexual attack, but he was never charged for that. And that's really as much as I know about them. Have you heard anything else about them? Very similar, yeah, previous. Obviously, <clears throat> because they have been cleared and they haven't been charged, like, we, we, don't, we don't know, we, there's little known about them. The family have not been allowed to visit the hotel or the hotel opposite, and the hotels and the police will not help them sort of gain access to further their investigation. They have set up a charity to help families of people murdered abroad, the Kirsty Maxwell Charity, and they will not give up. They have also enlisted the help of a detective called David Swindle. So he is a private investigator and he has his own little like business, not little, he has his own huge business doing this. He has 34 years with the police, mostly with the CID department. And him, David, and Kirsty's mum and dad were actually at CrimeCon, um, the Scottish CrimeCon, um, on the 10th of September this year, speaking mm. about the case. So it's very much um, still in the forefront of, of true crime and whether the crime is the investigation um, or the act or what, they, they just want answers and they want to know. Um, David Swindle is um, like heads up the documentary on Now TV and he's also released his own podcast on the case called Swindle's Search for the Truth. He does other cases as well and it's him and another woman reporter, she's very good as well. Um, and I only found his podcast like yesterday so I've not had like a big oh. deep dive through them but I've sent you the links that can go oh, okay. in the sources. Mm. And he seems to be the real expert on this case, shall we say. So the search for the truth is definitely not over. And whilst the investigation by the Spanish police hasn't helped at all, um, 
I am very hopeful that someday we will get to know a little more about what happened to Kirsty because it is so scary and so sad for everybody involved. So I'm just going to tell you a little bit about um, like other people's opinions on what could have happened. So a lot of it comes back to what we mentioned earlier to do with the alcohol culture. There's a lot of people who do think it could have been an accident. Personally, I think the men in the hotel have to know something more. But whether she slipped or they pushed it, I have no idea. And alcohol culture clearly plays a part in how this was investigated because people who die because of activities they were doing or other people were doing to them I don't know how to phrase that properly but when people die in places like Benidorm, Malia, Salu, um, Ibiza I'm guessing you know like proper touristy places that have this culture of cheap drinks and drinking all day into the night um it's easily written off and i think some of the blame comes to the reporting of that but also the um the like bricks abroad culture that has been created so when you go to these places it is like nothing has consequences and mm. obviously things do so that makes it easier for the police to blame it on that whether it is valid or not yeah i think what you said earlier was uh, you know like they don't want bad press okay. now there's always going to be bad press but who's responsible for the bad press and as brits as a rule um when we're on holiday and i'm not speaking about me and you here because like it's not our way but it is that sort of let's go out let's get smashed um let's make tits of ourselves if somebody dies in that type of situation it's their fault like it is victim blaming yeah because they were irresponsible they got so drunk it's a typical brit on holiday so what does it matter that's better than someone got murdered yeah i feel that's probably what what they're thinking like you said the drugs if they could put it on drugs as well because Kirsty took her own drugs she didn't yeah but that plays better in the media than a big group of guys pushed a woman out of a hotel window yeah and because there is that stereotype of Brits abroad it's easy to push that on Kirsty. yeah but her friends say she was drunk but she was okay yeah I don't I don't believe that that's that was what happened with Kirsty. Yeah, those no. girls were going out and they were going to have a few drinks. Of course, they're on a hen do. But that doesn't mean that they weren't going to, you know, be all massively leery all the time. Yeah. I'm pretty sure these girls were going to have a good time but not be absolute dicks about it. Yeah, definitely. Um, like I said, the CCTV of her coming back, she doesn't seem particularly, particularly drunk. And she'd gone to sleep. Like, yeah. She was settled for the night, so it's all a bit bizarre how she ended up in that apartment and whatever happened in that apartment. Um, but I mentioned the term balconying, and this is a term that seems to have been coined by the media. And there was even an article this year by Matthew Dooley for The Express, 
who wrote about um, how balconying is like a real thing that the Spanish medics fear because it's basically any balcony related deaths and they think that this is very much perpetuated by the alcohol culture by like you're on holiday so be a bit risky kind of thing but the amount of people that die falling from jumping off um walking along and then slipping balconies in these type of holiday resorts is huge mm. like it's a a disgusting number um when i was researching this case i read one about a lad who'd gone abroad to celebrate his a-level results and he was drunk but he literally just like slipped and went back and went um so we're not saying that all these are crimes there's a lot of accidents and there's a lot of people who are partaking in risky behavior but you can't tar everything with the same brush yeah. so similar to what you said and not everyone is taking this seriously at all there's a facebook group called balconying Mallorca, and on this facebook group there was a league table created and it is fucking disgusting so it's like a league table of nations showing how many people have died and been injured um from like balcony related deaths accidents and this chart awards points so like one point for an injury three points for a death and it is full of horrible posts oh, generally but not always from spanish people or people who live locally to these resorts and taking the absolute piss saying like oh it's natural selection these people are fucking stupid and so it's disgusting yeah. really really disgusting <clears throat> and whilst um like they're definitely in the minority there has been graffiti and posters found in other resorts with the hashtag balconying is fun and um these posters are gross they they can say stuff like natural selection and uh, stuff like that it's it's absolutely horrible and making a mockery of really traumatic events so there we go <laughs> what a horrible note to end that on i think one of sort of the overriding things that i took from this is that kirsty's family are not going to give up at all and um, them with david swindle are putting everything into keeping this case alive and to helping other people that find themselves in similar situations mm. with him um, relatives being murdered abroad um or dying abroad i don't want to say either way um but making sure that they get the help to be able to navigate the police system in spain in a way that is productive whereas i don't think that particularly happened with kirsty the police have been really shitty mm. in your head what well, and you're out in your head and you go, what, what do you actually think happened? Um, Pure speculation, of course. Pure speculation. Um, I think, potentially, she woke up and the alcohol hit her. Um, I know some people say they can wake up drunk. I don't think I've ever woken up drunk. I think I always wake up ill, but that <laughs> says a lot about my tolerance for alcohol. So maybe she did wake up and 
the alcohol hits her a bit more. It's very disorientating the first time you wake, wake up somewhere Definitely. that you're not used to. Um, it was very late. They'd done a lot of travelling. I don't know why she thought she'd go upstairs, but maybe she was going to her other friend's room. Um, knocked on the wrong door. And these guys are like bodybuilder big guys. Um maybe she freaked out maybe they thought she was someone else maybe they didn't but they just found it funny they found it funny that there was this freaked out um girl running around their room maybe they goaded her maybe they chased her i don't think they went out looking for her i don't i think maybe they did but like you just said my god and then maybe they didn't stop her maybe she was scared by them because they were being intimidating because they were being scary and she climbed over maybe they went towards her maybe she slipped i don't know i don't think anything could have happened in that apartment that isn't criminal however did they to do that to her that night I also don't see that either should they be punished yeah should it have been investigated completely differently yeah should the hotel have behaved differently and given CCTV yeah I think there's a lot of um, people who have done wrong in this case mm. but I hope that someday we will know a bit more about what happened but I don't know how that will come about what's no. your gut? very very similar to be fair um I think there's how you behave on alcohol I think there's how you behave on drugs and different types of drugs and then there's how you behave on alcohol and a specific white powder um I feel like yeah I totally get behind what you're saying uh, in terms of goading etc and things like that I feel why would why would a young girl end up on the other side of the balcony unless she was so fucking absolutely scared. fucking terrified you know even when you're drunk you know your fight or flight is there so uh, yeah nothing good happened in that room as far as I'm concerned um, did are they guilty it's hard to say, but I do feel that they're complicit in some way. 100%. That, you know, there must have been a way to Calm lessen, yeah, lessen her reaction, perhaps. You know, yeah. like you say, with how maybe how they were behaving, and then suddenly maybe it just you know it just got went too far. I do think that they need to answer for sure. Yeah, I don't know how. Um, they can carry on their lives saying that they don't know yeah exactly because they do no matter how drunk they were on whatever drugs they're taking mm. surely one of them must remember like they, they must i would imagine they all remember and then yeah. maybe that's why maybe it was just one of the group that um was responsible mm. for escalating it to that point and that's maybe why the others are being quiet about it maybe but yeah, yeah um i think there is one more i'm sure i remember and i'll have to look into this 
but I'm sure there's some kind of law that's different in Spain with regard to CCTV. I'm sure there is. I'll have to have yeah, a look um, into that. But yeah, again, not defending anybody because I think you should always try and help as much as you can in, in like situations like this. But yeah, in my gut, it just doesn't sit right that that was an accident. It doesn't feel like it. There we go. Well, I hope that we do hear something. And obviously, um, we'll uh, share it if we do. But yeah, if you, there. you know, if you have um, any thoughts and feelings on this case, please let us know what you think as well. Definitely. So that is it for this week's case. It is. We'll be back next week. Definitely. Do we know what we're doing next week, Kelly? I've got a rough idea, but um, nothing I'm open to sharing right this moment. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I hope you're all having a pleasant weekend. And um, enjoy your bank holiday. Enjoy your bank holiday. Um, I will be watching the funeral. Curled up on my sofa, enjoying the rest, I think. Sounds like a plan. There we go. Um, see you next week. Yep. See you later. Bye. Bye.